Good morning to my listeners out there in podcast land. Good morning to the all hands on deck followers. I appreciate you. I pray for you. I love you guys. I hope you're doing well out there on this Palm Sunday. It's a podcast episode number eight of uh, season one. I like to think like season and episode like um the real deal out there in tv land or something but yes it's it's season one episode eight pushing for more seasons as time goes by it is 55 degrees in los angeles this morning again it's palm sunday what is exactly palm sunday by the way it's uh jesus's triumphant entry into jerusalem so we'll touch on that a little more but I wanted to open with an awesome fun fact about laughter did you guys know that the benefits of laughing produce or should I say reduce heart disease so the more you laugh it reduces your heart disease and if you have someone in your life that's funny hang around them because it'll reduce your heart disease it's a natural painkiller it improves breathing so if you have asthma or bronchial issues hang around funny people because it improves your breathing but I'm not sure how true that is not that I'm doubting this these facts but when I hang around with my friends and they're breathing to the point where they're begging me to be quiet because they cannot breathe because they're laughing so much so I I don't know if that's a contradiction because I've been told many times by my friends to be quiet they're laughing so much because uh, whatever I said, they found hilarious. And they can't even breathe when they're laughing. So I, I don't know. I have to look into that more. But laughing also helps you lose weight. O-M to the G. So I, again, I have to like raise my hand and say, look, me and my friends are all overweight. And we laugh all the time. And I, I, I don't know. We're not, we're not skinny yet. So do we continue on the journey of laughter? Because... Oh my goodness, we love food. Laughing also gives good sleep. I I agree with that one, I do. Uh, Laughing decreases your stress, absolutely 100%. Laughing makes you look younger. Um, Yeah, I guess, because you know what? Uh, Folks my age, when I run into people that I grew up with, or when I run into people I went to school with, Uh, The first thing I noticed is how old do they look? But then again, like I forget, am I in denial? Because when I look in the mirror, you know, I see the wrinkles, I see the gray hair. So, you know, God has kept me and preserved me, yes. But uh, I do think laughter makes you look younger, you know, because it just gives you that sense of, yeah, whatever's going on. But laughter, it's, it's just, I think it's a great medicine, especially if you have funny people in your life. And I come from a family of clowns. I come from a family where when we got together, we just laughed to the point where tears coming down our eyes because we're all, uh, we come from our grandparents and uh, my grandfather was hilarious. Uh, all four of my maternal and paternal grandparents uh, are no longer on the earth they graduated to glory but I remember being a kid and my grandfather was hilarious you know and my grandmother on on my father's side she had a sense of humor 
And I think the sense of humor is the one thing that will keep you. And I always try to remind myself, you know what, John, don't take yourself so seriously. You know, don't take life so seriously. And I learned it more so when, when I was working with children during my career. And, um, you know, if you hang around children, they just remind you and, and they prioritize what's really important because they keep everything so simple that's why when uh, the lord made his uh, triumphant triumphant entry into uh, jerusalem that palm sunday the children were praising him and and the head honchos of that day you know they really didn't like it because jesus uh, with him went the uproar he was countercultural to to everybody in his time like he was busy healing people on the sabbath and there were so many rules and regulations and guidelines back then that you know people just didn't heal on sunday that was just a tradition and so here comes jesus and he's just savage jesus because he didn't really care you know what people thought he owned his purpose so when he when he rolled up into jerusalem on that donkey he knew exactly who he was he knew exactly what he was going to do. He knew exactly how to execute what he came to do. And nothing was going to deter him because he lived in his purpose. And so these people during that time, you know, they got their feathers ruffled. You know, they, they, were, they weren't happy. I think they were intimidated and afraid because, you know, maybe they would lose their their role in the church if this fella comes in who's hosanna in the most high representing god i mean to them it was some sort of blasphemy it was you ever have somebody come into your life and maybe they outrank you or they you know you're at a job and you have a particular title and role and then they hire somebody who's doing the same and perhaps you're intimidated by them so you start hating on them secretly and you you really don't pick up on that you you fear them because they think they're you think they're going to outshine you i think there's a there was a form of intimidation with these people at that time when jesus rolls in because remember he was the opposite of everything that that they uh, they taught at that time they were so rigid and so, you know, kept all these um, maybe pre, pre-cross, pre pre-Jesus laws and, and, and customs and, tr- and traditions because they were still under the old covenant. So Jesus, when he rolled in on that donkey, he was all about the new covenant. He was like hashtag new covenant, but they didn't know the new covenant. Uh, yet because he had Jesus had not died on that cross and rose and ascended to heaven and he had yet to send the comforter which was the Holy Spirit so they didn't know no one knew so of course they were intimidated of course they didn't like Jesus of course they would ultimately be using Jesus's physical demise on earth by you know calling for his crucifixion they were not having it you know they were like nope you you're not um bumping me off my uh my so-called pedestal my role in the church and they they just weren't having it but uh children they didn't like the children all praising jesus and 
Jesus was all like, don't even give the children a hard time because their praise, you know, what they're saying and how they're saying it, it perfects everything, you know, through the children, because they keep it so simple. Uh, they, per they perfected praise because they didn't have anything but to praise him. Like they, they didn't have like adults we're so occupied with maybe the rent or our careers or our relationships. And there's just so many layers that we need to get through in order to get on that level with God that children automatically have because they don't have all that baggage, so to speak. They don't have all that, uh, all those interruptions. So he was like, don't even try to check the kids because they're perfecting praise just by be themselves, just by saying Hosanna, you know. The children were just, they made everything simple. So if you hang around children for an extended time, you'll just learn to uh, not carry so much baggage and not to take your life so seriously. And just to, just to honor the moment, like when Jesus comes into your life, rolling on a donkey with an agenda to save you, you know, try to just leave the baggage there because all he wants to do is is you know redeem you he are you know fast forward to 2020 he already died on the cross he already rose he already ascended to heaven he already sent the holy spirit so it's our job to utilize it and and learn from the children who keep it so simple because i think the more we keep our relationship with the lord simple the more he can use us because we have less to carry uh we have less to carry into it. And he's all like, if you got baggage, put it down. Just it, It's just not a good thing just to keep things in our heart of unforgiveness, resentment, disappointment, pain, and things like that. It's, it's luggage. You ever have a relationship and it ended and you started a new relationship and you just carry all that baggage and luggage into your new relationship and they wind up paying for what the last person did to you. And that's exactly what the Lord rolled in on that donkey for, to, to exchange your, your luggage, your pain, your disappointment, your broken relationships, your broken life for, for his plan for you. Hosanna. Hosanna is a biblical Judaic Christian use of expressing adoration and praise. So all these people, they went before Jesus, before he rolled in on the donkey, and they went before him. Palm Sunday, they, they had palms and they were they were fanning him as he came in. They were throwing their garments on the ground as like, you know, he got the red carpet treatment when he rolled into Jerusalem. And that's why we celebrate Palm Sunday because it's his, the beginning of everything that we are in God and, and that's being redeemed redeemed and able to to be with him without all the layers without without the veil you know because when jesus died on that cross the earthquake and the veils the veil it was ripped so we had direct access so i think when people pray to the lord i don't even think sometimes they realize that our prayers go directly to the throne they don't have to bypass the veil they don't have to bypass any traditional prayer you just shoot straight to the throne you know keeping it simple no traditional prayers you know uh 
I'm not knocking the Catholic Church, but they have all these um, all these prayers, and I'm all like, I can't even try to memorize any of them. I'm all like, Lord, help me. You know, look, keep the, the less words you use, the better when it comes to just being desperate in need of a Savior. I don't need to have like 50 for 50 word uh, prayer. I'm just like, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Lord, redeem me. Lord, use me. Lord, I love you. Lord, I need you. I mean, keep it simple. It's just not that complicated. Leave the luggage there. He'll deal with it later. But anyways, so Jesus, savage Jesus, savage Jesus, because when he rolled in to to Jerusalem on that donkey, and I keep on saying uh, the donkey because before he even uh, went, he, he told a couple of his disciples, look, go get me a donkey. It's going to be tied up. Tell the tell the girl there that uh, it's, it's for the king. It's for me. So automatically they go, they get the donkey. And the girl gives them the donkey because, you know, it's all part of the plan. So here they come, bring Jesus the donkey. He hops on it, rolls into uh, the city. And I'm thinking in my mind, Jesus was so confident in who he was. Like he was a savage, savage Jesus because the more that you're about your father's business, I think the more savage as a Christian we become, we evolve to because we're no longer tied down to maybe fear because the more you do for God, the more vocal you become, uh, the more uh, visible you are, and you literally have to leave all of your um, fears and maybe your lack of confidence. You gotta leave that all, and you pick up your cross and you carry him, and, and the goal is to know exactly who you are in the kingdom, exactly who you are rolling in to different places not on a donkey by the way but you roll into into the place of where you work you roll into your neighborhood and you know exactly what you're there for you know exactly who you are you're there to extend the heart of God the hand of God to these people and not to be worried about what they think of you because savage Jesus the last thing that was on his mind is what these folks thought about him. These head honchos that were just displeased of all the attention he was bringing, you know, that that just irritated him, just irritated these people. And, and they were so intimidated by Jesus, but that was their problem because Jesus really didn't care because he rolled in to Jerusalem with such a purpose and such a plan that nothing deterred it, not what people thought, not what people were saying, not what people were doing. And he went straight into the city and owned who he was. He was not there to, to accommodate perhaps these people's expectations of him. You know, sometimes you have to be so confident in what the Lord is telling you to do that when people criticize you or, or they say something about you, it, it will just roll off because you're not there to please you're not going to please everybody. You're not there to please everyone. You're you're there to execute whatever the Lord told you to do. Whether it's, um, you know, when I say picking up your cross, it would be less of you, more of him. Remember we talked about John the Baptist. His whole journey was, Lord, I need to increase you so that I can decrease. 
his whole thing was, yes, you're my cousin, but you're my Lord. And I'm preparing the way for you because you're, you're greater than me and I, I'm not even worthy to tie your sandals. So John the Baptist knew also his destiny just as Jesus did. And I think the goals in our lives as followers is to know our destiny, our purpose, our plan, and be confident in it. And no apologies. I'm here to do uh, my father's work. I'm about my father's business. And I, there's no apologies in that. And if I step on toes or if I offend you, Jesus stepped on people's toes. Jesus offended people because not everybody was trying to hear him. Because they were stuck in their old way of doing things. They were stuck in their religion and, 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 their, and their norms and no healing and no doing anything on a holy day, you know. But Jesus just... He just walked in that temple on that on that Palm Sunday and he saw like a full-blown swap beat going on and he was just not pleased. He's savage Jesus started flipping tables. He was all braiding this making a whip, braiding it, and if you uh if you realize that when you're making a whip, it takes time. You just don't be like hocus pocus. No, he took his time making this whip because he was all so dissatisfied, so not happy that they were dishonoring his father's house. And he, he was just flipping tables. And can you imagine Jesus walking in to a place and, you know, you're in church and he's not content with the mood, the, 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 the praise not going on and he starts just flipping the script flipping tables whipping people because church is not a swap meet you just don't start selling all your goods there and and totally taking away from the house of prayer and that's what the lord said that day he's on my house is a house of prayer and you make and you made it a den of thieves because not only did they make these folks make it a swap meet in church they were um what they were selling to the to the church folks they were like gouging price gouging how they gouged me the other day when i was trying to um buy more toilet paper and paper towels and and i wilt and dealed with this fella in the liquor store by the laundromat we went to and i'm all like look I'll be more than glad to pay $2 per roll of a paper towel if you give me the toilet paper for 99 cents each, you know. So, you know, did he uh, come up? Absolutely. Did I mind? No. I was just trying to uh, get my stash up to par. And so he was a little bit price gouging just like these folks in, in the temple. And Jesus just was not thrilled and, and he put them in their place. And that's the thing about when you walk in your purpose and you walk in, in your destiny, sometimes the things that come out of your mouth are going to check people. They're going to put them in their place because sometimes the, the truth of the gospel will prick our hearts and, and you either have people very open to it or very people very close to it. And you have to like shake it off. When Jesus sent out the disciples, he sent them out two by two. And he said, look, fellas, when you go out there and you're, and you're spreading the gospel, because remember, Christianity was new. It was not, I don't even think it had a name at that time. 
So Christianity, this is the early church, so it was barely forming. So he's all, when I send you out, I'm going to send you out two by two. Because again, there's a journey that we walk. We don't do it alone. We're, we're not, uh, we're not able. We don't have the tools to live this life solo. So we need to hook up with somebody and we need to, I'm not saying marry whoever comes your way, but we need to anchor ourselves and be equally yoked with the people that we choose to be around and share our lives with. So Jesus was all, look, I'm sending you out two by two. And if they don't receive you in that town, shake the dust off your feet, move on to the other, the next town, the other town. Because there are going to be people when you finally surrender your life and answer the call and execute whatever the Lord has uh, for you to do, you're going to find people somewhat very open to it and somewhat very not and not never let it detour you especially the people who don't uh accept what you're saying it just shake the dust off your feet and for the people that are open to it that is your that's your chance to to spread whatever the lord is telling you to spread to them whether it be your time whether it be buying them a cup of coffee whether it be dropping off a, a sack of groceries to them whether it be just checking on them and just sharing life with them and mentoring them and creating a small group that's my purpose with this podcast is to to create a small group and uh, folks are following me and listening uh to the podcast and i'm totally humbled and grateful for that um because when you answer the call that God has on your life, it's always like a scary thing because it's literally giving up control. So when you you come to that point in your life of surrender and you're all like, look, Lord, I, I lived all these years my way. It didn't work out. The Vita Loca only left me the Vita Broca, you know, and here's, here's my mess. And he takes it all. He gives you that beauty for ashes that we talked about. He's all like, here's your purpose. When you roll into places, you you don't be apologetic you own where you're at for the kingdom for the gospel for for furthering it because our job is yes to go to heaven but to take as many with us and the other day when i said it would be the greatest crime is to get to heaven and not take anybody with you the greatest crime would be not living to your full potential and I made up my mind a decade ago that I was not going to leave anything undone, any stone unturned. And I made up my mind when I was baptized and in the Pastor Cameron's church that from here for the rest of my life, I would be submitted to the Lord. But with that, ends up seven up, you lose you lose a lot of the things that you perhaps wanted or that you perhaps thought you needed. You just lose it because he's all like, okay, you finally surrendered and you're you're going to pick up and carry your cross and follow me and whatever that detailed for my life. It would also include me losing things and, and losing perhaps friendships that I had for decades and a career that I had for decades and a home that that uh, I had for for decades and you I just found that when you pick up and carry your cross you lose uh, a lot and you have to keep in your head that no matter what you lose no matter who walks away or 
if you have to pack up your home and go move in with somebody because you're no longer able to sustain yourself financially whatever entails you just have to always keep in your head it's a part of the lord's plan so if i'm surrendering to him and he's all plucking things out of your life look you don't need this to get to where you're going you don't need that person to get to where you're going you have to keep in your mind the goal is the kingdom and only the kingdom and if it means losing everything that makes you comfortable or that you prefer to have whether it be a relationship and he plucks it away you have to trust him enough to say lord yeah that hurt the season of loss, it, it's a big one. I'll cry if I have to. I'll, I'll, um, I'll seclude myself if I have to. Whatever it takes to further the gospel, I'm down with. But also prepare yourself with that submission. Uh, loss is gain. Gain is loss. And if the Lord took certain people out of your life and certain things out of your life and certain careers out of your life, know that you didn't need them to get where you're going. They were just not a part of the process. They were not a part of the plan. So if he's plucking things out of your life and you're just feeling so hurt and so alone and so confused and so like, OMG, what? And he's not replacing him with anything but his spirit, but his strength, but his glory and his plan. You just be happy and you be content and, and shake it off, shake off and move on to the next city. And, you know, we're our worst critics. We're our worst enemies. And we need to learn not to overthink things, just to trust. And, 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 and faith is so blind. It's not always tangible. So when the Lord sends you places and you're alone in it, know that you're right where the Lord wants you to be. Don't even overthink it. You know, yes, there's fear, there's apprehension, there's this, there's that. But it, it, you're human, you know. And, and the devil's real quick to just bring in that doubt. But I think we're our worst enemies. Our minds, our fears, you know, they're cultivated by, by our thought life. So if we get our thought life right, if we're, you know, rooted in the word daily and praying nonstop. Remember I said prayer is just a conversation with the Lord. The way you communicate with other people, you can use those same tools to communicate with the Lord. So this Palm Sunday, when we see Jesus totally in his purpose, knowing exactly who he was, that's exactly the way the Lord wants us to roll into places, knowing the power that we possess in him, knowing who we are in Christ, knowing what we're supposed to do. And sometimes the Lord won't give you heads up. He'll just send you places and you're like not even knowing what to say. But when you get there, he'll give it to you. He told some of the followers of him, go here. And then when you get there, I'll give you more details. So it's it's a, a continual uh, walk, step by step by step. And is it scary? Absolutely. Will you be fearful at times? Absolutely. But will he give you the courage and the words and the power to execute what he wants you to do for his kingdom? Absolutely. But you got to surrender. There has to be some sort of give and take. Look, Lord, I'm putting everything down to pick up my cross. And then fast forward years later, you find yourself in a whole different mindset, in a whole different purpose. And all those nights that, that perhaps you cried and perhaps there was a season of depression or, or perhaps there was a season of confusion and, and you were just totally in the spin, in the spin on that potter's table and he's, 
he's like molding you, shaking you, making you. And sometimes the potters, like they'll be making a really cute bowl or a vase. And at some point in the spin, they don't like the way it's coming out. So, so they take it off. They take it off the wheel and they crush it up again and, and, and they break it. And that hurts. That hurts. Because, you know, we think we're, we're um, situated or molded in a certain season. And he's all, nope, nope, I got to break you again. Because there's some flaws coming through and things like that. And, and you just got to take it. Yeah, take it like a champ and know that his interest for you, his love for you, his preferences for you outrank anything you could ever give yourself. And know that he only has your best interests in mind. That's what the cross was all about is like this exchange, this full exchange. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can give the Lord that's good enough. So he's all like, just know who you are. Know who you are. Know that you're nothing without me, but everything with me. And the exchange was the cross. The exchange was when he rolled into that city, he knew exactly what he was. He knew exactly what he came for, and he executed it unapologetically. And I think that is just the biggest, biggest thing as believers. We know who we are in the Lord. And we know that uh, he died on the cross for three days later he kept his promise and he came back and he stayed you know when he resurrected he stayed for a while stayed like 40 days just talking to the disciples and and giving them instructions and he's all look i can't stay too long but this time that i have with you a b c d e x y z this is what i need you to do this is what you know you go into all the nations and don't you think they were afraid don't you think they were like, but you're leaving. And it's just like uh, when your mom dropped you off for the first day of school, but you're leaving. And I remember working with the young children on their first days of their first weeks and months were always difficult because they were unsure of where, where their parents were taking them. And they had to trust and they had to build a relationship with us in order for them to feel comfortable and thrive in their environment. And I think that's exactly what we... Uh, as humans go through when the Lord drops us off in places for his kingdom and his glory and his plans and we're like oh my goodness but I'm supposed to stay here and he's there but he's you know he's gonna let us evolve he's gonna let us learn so that we can have the confidence that God confidence that, that he had because he his purpose was greater than any of our fears his purpose was greater than his fears and and he was man too he was flesh too so he had to overcome all of that for us and i always keep in mind that if i was the only ratchet soul out there he still would have hung on that cross for me he still would have came down from glory for me he still would have died and, and raised the third day for me if there was only one person he had to save he still would have came he still would have conquered the world he still would have conquered death, hell, and the grave, even if it was for that one person. And he did that for all of us. So it's our our duty now to walk in our greatness with confidence. Walking into these places, walking into these rooms, walking into these relationships, walking into these opportunities, walking into this coronavirus 19 season, knowing exactly who we are, knowing exactly what to execute as he guides, as he tells just knowing that 
in our purpose is the confidence that he will provide through the cross the power to execute what he needs us to execute to say the things that he needs us to say to further the kingdom and to know over and over again it's really not about us it's all about the kingdom and taking people with us and it's interesting on a palm sunday not to be able to go to church it's going to be really interesting on an easter sunday not to go to church and as a person who was raised in the church you kind of get a little anxious that you can't go into the the building but then to remind yourself you are the church so you're going to rock this palm sunday and you're going to rock that easter sunday because you know exactly what you are you know exactly what he came to do and what you're going to do in him because you have a sense you're not clueless or blinded to the whole thing because what you came to do in in your purpose is usually what your heart's desire is what moves you do homeless people move you? Do are you a writer? Are you an artist? Can you are are you able to manage a company? We all have these gifts. And we all have this fruit that we bear. And it's usually connected to what moves our hearts. And when I say what moves our hearts, it's always going to coincide with the heart of God. So what my prayers are always, Lord, I want what hurts you to hurt me. I want what makes you happy to make me happy. I want what makes you uh, um, cry, make me cry. And that, it has to coincide. Your ships must sail in the same direction, so to speak. So your purpose is usually tied into what tugs your heart the most. You know, whatever your ministry is, is what tugs your heart the most. And that's what the Lord will, will use you in. And, and you don't have to be on some... Main Street, Wall Street, big corporation, Hollywood. It could be being a mom in your home, a dad, a leader in your family, um, um, a coach. It could be a teacher. It could, it could be like uh, right now people are sewing the masks and uh, providing them for the people in their communities. I mean, everybody's gig is different. Everybody's calling is different. Everybody's depth. Uh, to their calling is different and we're in charge of how deep we're going to go and how much we're going to listen and how much we're going to surrender. We're in charge of that part. So the more you surrender, the more the Lord will, will use you, absolutely use you. But it takes um, surrender and it takes literally in exchange for beauty for ashes. Excuse my neighbor. I think they're vacuuming. They need to come in back to my house. But anyways, that would be what was on my heart uh, today. And uh, the past 10 years haven't been easy. You know, you lose uh, so much along the way to get where you are today in my life and in my story. But it's all good. Because I would not change anything, anything, anything. If it, if it brought me to this point to start this podcast that I wanted to be started and to hear people's feedback to say, you know what, JV, you, re- you, you really helped me. Or, you know what, Joanne, uh, I needed to hear that. Or, you know what, it inspired me to do this. Then everything that I went through in the past 10 years is absolutely worth it. And then you look back and you're like, I sure didn't need that person, or I sure didn't need that situation, or I sure didn't need that, this, or that. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the loss, because loss is gain. At the end of the day, loss is gain, and gain is loss. Um, So, 
just remember that when you have your Palm Sunday, just remember Jesus, savage Jesus knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly his moment, you know, and did it hurt him? Absolutely, because he knew he would have to die on that cross and bear everybody's sins and bear everybody's pains and bear everybody's depression and bear everybody's tears and diseases and so when he died up on that cross he died for the coronavirus trust me i know this he died for it but our our job is is to maintain that victory that god confidence to execute what we need to do in our journeys for him and his kingdom it's that simple but it's hard absolutely i get it but just remember that savage jesus and sometimes in our walks we're going to be savage savage followers to live our lives unapologetically because jesus wasn't walking into those temples saying excuse me um can i say something no he was all and this day it's fulfilled and this day you know i've come you know, to make that exchange with humanity, whether you like it or not, whether these people liked it or not. He wasn't even tripping on, on these people that were like, mm, yeah, who are you? No, we don't do that this way. He was countercultural in everything to the point of, you know, at that time, uh, women didn't play a role for nothing. We weren't even allowed to talk, you know, how uh, women early on weren't even allowed to vote and things like that. The, the the slaves were free prior to even women voting, you know. Remember that, you know, women didn't have much of a role. We always played the back, you know. The men made all the decisions. The men uh, were like, okay, this is where we're going to live. This is what we're going to do. And you're just going to have children and carry on the family name through, through my sons and daughters, you know. So Jesus comes and he's like, Nope. So women played the back. I'm going to bring them to the front. I'm going to bring them to the forefront. And when I return from the three days and I rise, no man is going to find me. I'm going to use women to find me. And those women are going to be like, where's Jesus? Nope. Go back to the disciples and tell them that you found me. Just like Eve played a role, Mary played a role. And, and Jesus made sure that women were acknowledged in his ministry. He made sure that he took time for the woman at the well. Because back then you couldn't even directly talk to the rabbi. It was all the men. So he was countercultural, powerful in, 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 his, in his ministry. And he was unapologetic. He was all like, I don't care that you guys don't give women any value. They're valuable to me. I created... I created Eve for Adam, you know, so why wouldn't women be, you know, considered valuable? And the folks at that time, they were like, mm, mm, you know, they, the women played the back, they stayed in the house, they covered their faces, and they weren't allowed to do anything. So Jesus came and he's on, no, when I said I came to give life and life more abundantly, that that covered males and females. That covered moms, daughters, aunts, mm -hmm. uh, sisters. Mm -hmm. That covered every woman. So, he, you know, he didn't care what they thought. He didn't care that, oh, on this day we do this and on that day we can't do that. He was all like savage Jesus. Savage, 
and he was like I said unapologetic and I think we need to we need to evolve uh, to that and there's a lot of um, norms in this day like you know how some uh, groups of people treat other groups of people that that perhaps that they don't like but our job is to welcome everybody and to treat everybody just as valuable as Jesus did that the homeless man down the street is just as precious as as the rich man on the other side of the corner with all his cars and his nice house everybody's valuable you know any uh socio-economical group of people they're just as valuable as those in the white house or those on wall street or those those people in the mansions that are on lockdown just as much as we are you know it's it's ironic to me how god just allowed all this you know because he's a know-all god did he make the virus absolutely not but is he using it oh absolutely because he's all like everybody's on lockdown i don't care if you have a 45 room mansion and yachts and money for days to a person who's in a one bedroom or a studio i mean everybody's on lockdown right now we're all equal and so god will just level the playing field over and over again for his kingdom and his glory because to him everybody matters everybody's loved everybody counts he left the 99 for the one lost sheep and that's the way the cookie crumbles in his kingdom that's the way it ought to go that yeah, the prodigal son left and he was greedy and he took all he had. But when he came back, his father opened them with open arms. And in that day and time, when you just are so dishonoring to your parents, it was like highly illegal. It wasn't like now where the kids talk back to their parents. I mean, and his father just ran and to welcome him back into the kingdom in the fold. And he told, he told his servants, look, kill the 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 biggest baddest cap we're going to celebrate you know because my son returned to me and that's the way the lord is he he celebrates those who who return who have fallen away and and who return to him and i think the corona the rona is just bringing perhaps those who fell away from the lord and this is the opportunity to return this is the time there how about if tomorrow never comes for you how about if you you get a tinkling in your throat and next you got a cough and and forever for whatever reason the rona is about to take you out at least you had that opportunity to return to him and even if you're not touched and you and you don't catch this god willing um that you're still brought back to your that sure foundation that cornerstone of like you were raised in church but you've gone astray i feel you i've been there that's part of my testimony too but you've come back because the lord's all just come back just come back with open arms like the prodigal son like the 99 and that one sheep he went he left them he left those 99 because yes he loved them but he's all look I lost one. I need to go retrieve them because they don't even know what they're going to get themselves into. I have got to go save this one. So we all are that one lost sheep that he left the 99 for. We all are that prodigal son that came back that, that the father rejoiced and, and shielded him 
from the shame of that day of dishonoring his family. He didn't even care. He didn't care what those people thought. He thought, look, my son's back. I don't care what, you don't pay my rent. This is my boy and I don't care what he did because I'm his father. I, I love him no matter what. That there was an unconditional love going on there that was countercultural at that time because you can't, you couldn't uh, be disrespectful or shame your family without being stoned on the comeback. So when he ran to welcome his son, he shielded him with his body because he's all, if you're going to take my son out, you're going to take me out first because that is the way the cookie crumbles. So just remember that. Let the Rona, let the situation, let the season, let the hashtag stay home and don't go anywhere. Let it, let it, let it work. Don't fight it. Just know that this will pass and your 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 purpose lasts. Who you are lasts. The the viruses, the pandemics, they'll come and go. But who you are in Christ lasts. What you're doing for his kingdom lasts. And the seeds that you plant last. The prayers that you pray last. Everything else is temporary. The Bible says this particular life is just like a vapor. And I always try to remind myself that this life is just a vapor. When things are overwhelming. When I'm going through a season of challenging um, issues or people in pain. I'm all this is just a vapor. That when... Uh, fast forward to glory I'm not even going to remember that perhaps on this day uh, I, I just woke up maybe heavy hearted and, and I was worried or or you know things weren't going right and finances weren't you know following with how they needed to follow to pay my bills that we're not going to remember little stuff like that that it's just a vapor and if we can get that through our head if we can live by that that Sometimes we're going to have to break up with people and sometimes we're going to have to leave a relationship. It's vapor, vapor. You ever spray like hairspray or, or air freshener and you spray it and, and boom, one moment you smell it and the next moment you don't, you can't even see it. It's just a mere memory. This is exactly what this life is in the scheme of eternity. Just think of eternity like this life. It, the only thing that matters is is what you do for the kingdom. And I think that's the biggest thing we got to get over with that comes with that is the fear. Uh, uh, because the enemy doesn't want you living in your potential. And he'll fight you every step of the way. But remember what I said, we are our biggest enemies. It's that luggage that we carry. So if there's, an, if there's unforgiveness, forgive. The Lord forgave you. And we were the most wretched people. So if there's unforgiveness, just forgive. It doesn't matter what they did. You still waiting for an apology? Get over it. Take some prune juice and let that stuff go. It's not even that important. It's a vapor. It's a vapor. If you're discontent with some person, let it go. Let it go. It's, you know, you don't have to have tea and crumpets with them on the porch. No one's asking you to be somebody's best friend that, that hurts you unless the Lord is guiding you to make amends. But, you know, let it go. It, we're, we're locked up in this house let it go you have time to work on things you have time to start a journal of forgiveness and write down everything because if you document it and you write it down and then just like burn it there's such a symbolic thing in that of just look lord everything that anybody has ever done to me here take it i don't want it i want to live in my mm -hmm. full potential i want to live in 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 the power that you died for me to have i, I want to 
be able to own my destiny, walk in the room and do it for you. I want to be able to conquer what you want me to conquer. I want to be able to overcome what you want me to overcome. And I want to be able to execute what you want me to execute for your power, your glory, and your kingdom. And yeah, it sounds so simple to say, but yeah, it takes like lifetimes for people to get to this point. And I think we don't have all the time in the world. And I really believe the Lord is speeding things up in what it took perhaps the last generation to get to, maybe decades. We can he's he's causing people in his church to get it, you know, within years. Because he he knows we are winding up this time on earth as his church, you know. And we wanna go on the first on the first pickup and not the second pickup, you know. I look at people and I'm all like, but you were raised in church, you know better than that. Come on, we want to go on the first trumpet sound, not stay back and try to fight the mark of the beast. Come on, people. It's just go on the first time around. Go on the first bus. Yeah, we're on the struggle bus, but when that trumpet sounds, hear it and go. Don't don't stick around for the aftermath because he's so gracious. He still gives you a second chance even if you didn't miss the first even if you missed the first bus. So I'm all like, Lord. I just pray for everybody, every backslider, every person that's hurting, every person that's sick with this virus in this pandemic. I pray that we all make it in the first time around that your church get it together. You know, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, I would heal their land. I mean, come on, let's let's go on the first time around. Tomorrow's not promised. So if even if that forgiveness uh, also uh, includes forgiving yourself. I think we're, again, our worst enemies. We're sometimes quicker to forgive somebody else than ourselves. And yes, we disappointed God, but don't let that condemnation keep you from your potential, your glory, your purpose, your power in him for his kingdom. Forgive yourself, let it go. Back to that Holy Ghost praying, just drink some and let it go. It's It's... It's worth it because people are depending on you to take that prudence and let things go so that you can move on and help save them through the extension of what the Lord has given you in your fruit, in your purpose, because you got to reach people. And if you're busy hating on somebody or hating on yourself, you can't execute what he's called you to execute in the power he's called you to execute it in. Mediocre living is just not cool. It's just not a choice we should give ourselves because we don't want the cross to be in vain. We don't want, we don't ever want to leave this earth not utilizing everything that he gave us to use. It, it would just be in vain. And I made a choice a while back, whatever you have for me, I want it all. I want it all. I want nothing left. I want to, when I, when my time comes, I want to be able to execute and be exhausted that I did everything and my power that the Lord made me for. It's starting this podcast. It's losing everything I had that I thought I needed. It's it's waking up every day and being in pain constantly. But I'm okay. I'm not dead. I mean, I have health insurance. I have food in the fridge. I have a roof over my head. I have a comfortable bed with blankets. I got the Wi-Fi. I got the cable. You know, I got people who love me. So you have to just use different lenses when it comes to the struggles and the pain and your realities because it's a vapor it's a vapor and you have to just get 
get through your head. This ain't about you. This ain't about Joanne. This ain't about Joanne having to retire because medically she could no longer do her job. This isn't about Joanne who ended friendships because the Lord was on note. To get where you're going, you're going to have to leave some people behind. And you're going to have to trust me. And I did. I sure did. I woke up from one of the surgeries knowing exactly what I needed to do. And, and you know, there was complications in that procedure. And did I see the white light? Was the Lord calling me? Did he sit me down and talk to me? Did I walk on the streets of gold and then he let me come back? Nope, that's not my testimony. That's not my story. I just know about 10 years ago, I woke up from my last surgery knowing exactly what to execute, what exactly to trim off, what exactly to add on to. And the Lord, he guided me. He gave me the power to overcome many things. And did it hurt? Oh, God, it did. Oh, suffer. Hashtag suffer. Oh, but was it worth it? absolutely because pain will evolve you in such a way and make you a better person in such a way that you're like oh, come on people get it get it you don't have to go through everything that I went through learn from from what I'm going through so that you don't have to waste um, so many years trying to get it together that we're here to learn from each other so if you say don't go that with it because it's just going to lead you to to a world of pain yeah i'm going to listen i'm, I'm going to start paying attention you know because time is not what we're promised here if if you are a believer and your eyes are open you're you know that we're wrapping this party up you know and we want again we want to go on the first the first sound of that trumpet please don't uh don't stay behind because you just for, refuse to forgive yourself or someone or or somebody did you wrong. They're, they ain't losing sleep. They sure ain't losing sleep. They probably moved on. They're not even trying to trip on you either. And we're stuck in our misery. We're stuck in our unforgiveness. We're stuck in our resentment. We're stuck in our offense. Who cares if somebody offended you? Doesn't matter. When you get to heaven, you ain't going to be carrying that offense around. So... Our best bet is get over the offense, get over the unforgiveness, and live your best life. And whatever that includes and entails, do it. Do it big. Hashtag suffering is your friend. Pain is your friend. You know, going through this moment and season in our life, make it your friend. Don't fight it. It's not that serious because it's not going to matter. Hashtag vapor. Hashtag suffering. Hashtag roll into Jerusalem on a donkey and know exactly who you are exactly who you came to be exactly executing what the lord wants you to do unapologetically and that's what i'm learning to live unapologetically i'm there i'm, I'm in the struggle bus with you like i said i'm in the ditches with you i'm there but the bible also tells us greater is he that is within us than he's in the world so obviously he gave us the power to execute it all we just gotta put down the luggage Put down the violin we've been playing. Put down the broken record we've been trying to play. And, and just own it. Own it all. Shake it off and move on to the next town. If people ain't trying to hear you, shake it off. Shake the dust off your sandals, your chancloths, your Crocs, your Tannies, your Nikes, your Adidas. Shake it off. It doesn't matter. So I believe I'm going to wrap it up now because I'm about to lose my voice. But I love you all. I'm praying for you. Pray for me. 
be in that struggle bus with us of glory heading on to better places and knowing our place in the kingdom. Hashtag suffering and pain is your friend. You will not die from it. So my closing fact is this. You know how we say apple pie is real as American as apple pie or whatever? My closing fact is apple pie isn't even really American at all. Apples are native to Asia. Asia owns the apple rights. And the first recorded recipe for apple pie is actually, it came was written in England. As American as apple pie now, unless you're Asian or England, you know. But yeah, make an apple pie. It's my recommendation for you. Google, learn to bake, learn to cook, learn to hang out with your family and re-know them again. Learn to pray longer. All right. My uh, podcast is wrapping up because it's already in the red. It's 56 minutes and seven seconds of goodness and mercy following me all the days of my life. So heads up, seven up. Jesus loves you. He died for you. Walk in your purpose with power and his glory and you can execute and do anything. All right. Happy Palm Sunday. Moving on to Easter. I'll hear back from you in a couple of days. Text me, email me, Facebook me, gram me, whatever. Uh, Spotify me, it's all good, whatever. Let me know what's going on. Okie doke, bye.